Hey guys, this is Britton coming at you today to talk a little bit about UI and UX design. I had a colleague of mine approach me the other day and ask me about UI and UX. And they were curious about what the differences are, that there's a lot of jobs out there that are in UI and UX design. And she was curious what exactly are the differences, because a lot of the time when you see job postings like this, it sometimes they're kind of mixed in together, like they look specifically for both UI slash UX design, or it's just UI, or it's just UX. And this is a topic that can be very confusing for people in design or getting into design. As a designer myself, it seems like the terms and definitions of UI and UX change on a daily basis, and it's been like this for a while. So what are the differences between UI and UX? And let's first define what exactly is UI and UX. So UI is termed user interface, while UX is user experience. So when we look at user interface or UI, my interpretation of UI is how it looks and how it feels, while user experience, which is UX, is about how it works and how it functions. One of my favorite examples that I like to use when talking about UI and UX is the ketchup bottle. So if you can imagine a ketchup bottle that is nice and shiny, it's like a glass ketchup bottle. And when you look at it, it just feels nice. It looks great. That is what would be considered user interface or UI is how it would look and how it feels. And it just feels satisfying holding it. While UX, in terms of the ketchup bottle example, would be some of the squeezable ketchup bottles that are plastic. It's really easy to squeeze them and get the ketchup out. And that is a good interpretation of how something would work and function. And it depends on the type of user that you're trying to present your design to. Are you looking for something that looks and feels better? Or are you looking for something that works and functions better? And a lot of the times we want to have a good healthy mix of UI and UX, making sure that it looks and feels great, but it's also effective and it functions how we want it to function for our user. So some of the priorities to consider when we look at user interface is UI tends to prioritize design elements such as typography and layout, color, and all these different elements that create a beautiful looking experience while user experience would prioritize user flow and usability and making sure how can we eliminate steps to make sure that our customer is making it to maybe like a key like KPI of sorts if you have like a certain indicator that lets us know that the customer has gone through the journey and has fulfilled the task that would be what we consider UX so some of the things to consider specifically for UI or anyone that's wanting to get in user interface design, there are three things to consider that I would recommend thinking about in regards to user interface. And the first one is how does the product or how does the website utilize color and type? And one of the main reasons why this is so important is when we consider who our audience is, maybe they might be deaf, maybe they might be, um, I don't know, they might be colorblind a lot of the times. 
and we need to, as a user interface designer, be able to utilize color and type in a way that makes it very easy to read, that it's very legible, and also consider the contrast of color within kind of the composition of the website or within the app. That there is, I don't remember the exact percentage of how much contrast there needs to be for someone to be able to read it if they're like colorblind. I want to say it's like somewhere around like it needs to be 50 or 60 percent legible. And there's a lot of different tools online where you can put in hex codes and put in color codes to see kind of what the contrast would be either way and making sure that you're putting together a UI that is that has kind of a high enough contrast to allow anyone and everyone accessibility to be able to read what you're putting together. The second thing to consider with UI design is how efficient is the interface with its space? Does it seem like it's using its face effectively? And there are great examples of websites out there that either have way too much space and they're not using it effectively, or maybe they're trying to use all the space and it looks absolutely terrible having everything just kind of splashes almost kind of like you threw up on the website or kind of like threw up on the page and it just looks ugly because it's using too much space and it's not giving all the components enough room to breathe and the third thing to consider with ui design is is the interface memorable and what i mean by this is when someone goes on the website and they use the website and they go through and they complete their tasks, and then they leave, is it an experience that they're going to be able to remember so when they come back in the future, they're going to be able to use the website again, and they're not having to learn everything all over again. And this kind of starts overlapping into UX, which makes a great transition for this, the kind of transition into some of the elements to consider for UX design. And you'll kind of hear like the big differences between UI and UX as we start kind of in this list of what UX designers primarily consider. So one thing a UX designer would consider is how easy is it for someone to reach the target goal or the end goal? So what this means is let's say that you're a business owner and you want your user to be able to submit a contact form and learn a little bit about your services or about your products along the way. A UX designer would sketch out what's called a wireframe or a user flow and put these all together to figure out, okay, and what is essential for this customer to know before reaching that target goal, which would be to submit a contact form. So let's say that we want them to first learn a little bit about the company and about the culture. And then next, we want them to learn a little bit about the services and maybe kind of um, kind of make like a sidetrack to see some examples of work that has been done in the past. And then once they see those examples, how do we now get them to the contact form or to some kind of page that will allow them to either give us a call or submit a form? and so on and so forth. So that is something that a UX designer would consider as part of kind of the trade of what they're trying to accomplish. And then the second thing is how consistent are the elements in the website? And this kind of overlaps a little bit with UI, which is why you see a lot of the times that UI and UX are kind of combined in the one 
where you might see like a job posting that's like UI slash UX designer. So the consistency of the elements are very important. You don't want one button that someone may click on be a different color compared to others. And this really has to go along the lines of, are you giving a consistent message to your customer about what different things do? If they see something that just looks like an image, they're going to treat it like an image and they're not going to click on it until you might put something like around the image. If you want them to click on that and engage with it, you need to make it look like it's something that can be engaged with. And this is why cards are so popular in web design right now is cards make it look clickable, kind of like you're picking up the card and learning a little bit about something. Um, I'm going to use an example a little later in the podcast to kind of go over what would be considered like a good UI or UX design. And then the third thing to consider with UX design is have you gave or have you given any kind of consideration for who your target user is? And a lot of the times you need to define who your target user is so you can define and flow out the experience that's going to be required of that customer. So one example, I had a client that um, they kind of like they sell building materials. And what they do is they sell building materials to contractors. And what this means is the experience of their website needs to be tailored towards contractors. While on the other hand, what if the target user was actually like a homeowner? Or maybe it's more along the lines of DIY. You would want to create and tailor the experience to anyone that's more of a DIYer. So these are some of the things that you have to consider is, okay, who's my target user? What are they expecting to see when they come to the website? And a lot of the times it also has to do with what's the type of language do I have to use? And being able to understand what language you have to use and what kind of flow that your user is expecting when they come to the website is going to make for a much better user experience in the end. So some of the overlapping elements between UI and UX and why a lot of times UI and UX kind of come together as one. So one overlapping element is how easy is it to learn the website or whatever it is that your customer is looking at. And with how easy is it to learn, a lot of it has to kind of do with the user interface. With the consistency of color and type and how efficient like the space is. And for a customer to be able to go in and learn the website is a combination of both UI and UX. Where with UI, you're teaching them what different colors do or what different elements do. And if you decide to redesign it, you need to make sure that you redesign it with kind of the thought in mind that a customer is expecting certain things to look a certain way. And that's how you need to develop the UI is in a way that the customer already understands or how they already interact with the website. And when it comes to UX... If they came to your website and they, for example, let's say that it's Alaska Airlines or some kind of airline company, that if you provide a flow 
that makes it easy for them to book any kind of airfare ticket that they'll be able to book that ticket. And let's say that down the road that they want to book another ticket, they can go through the same experience and they already know how to work with the interface and interact with the websites to make it a lot easier for them to book in the future. So the second overlapping element is how satisfying is it to use your website or how satisfying is the experience of interacting with the website or the application. And this is very important because a lot of the times customers are coming to a website to fulfill a task and being able to learn along the law <laughs> and being able to learn along the way about like different things that they may not be aware of. So, for example, let's say that someone came to your website, and I'm going to use the Alaska Airlines example again. And let's say that last time you booked a ticket and it was in coach, and then now you're booking another ticket for a different location, and you go through the same user flow. Being able to understand what your customer went through previously and then possibly giving recommendations. So let's say that the last time they went in, they didn't know that if you upgraded to first class or upgrade to the comfier seats that you get free snacks. This is something that you can recommend and say, hey, we see that you booked tickets kind of in the past with these different components. Why not try this? It's important to have a satisfying experience and recognize the um, recognize that the customer is giving you repeat business, and there's that loyalty type of effect. That if you can recognize the loyalty, you can reward the customer with a little bit different of an experience, but something that is unique and is memorable for that customer. And then the third thing that is a very important element between the two is how does the experience of your website reduce user error? And this is going to happen from time to time where you have a customer that comes to the website and maybe they're trying to look for a certain page and then they miss the page or maybe the page doesn't exist anymore. And then usually they're met with like a lovely 404 error where it's like, oh, sorry, you know, the website or the page moved. Um, tough luck. And being able to come back with an experience instead of just saying, oh, the thing you're looking for is now gone. You know, that sucks. How do you now kind of get that customer back on the right path in fulfilling their task? So let's say if we can recognize that a certain page is gone now, maybe we can redirect them to something that is similar. So I'm going to use the Alaska Airlines example again. And let's say that someone was looking for a certain time or looking for a certain day that they could fly. And maybe they looked for it in the past and a couple months later, a couple weeks later, they try to look for that same time and all of a sudden it's gone. Instead of saying, oh, your time is gone, you know, that sucks. You would want to give an example or give a recommendation and say, hey, even though this time is now gone, how about you consider this time on a different day? 
or maybe consider a time that it's like an hour afterwards or an hour beforehand in trying to reward that customer with some kind of incentive for changing their mind. What this does is it gives a good recommendation of now the flow that we have to go down in the case that what they were looking for originally is not there anymore. So into our example for a website that I think makes really good use of UI and UX components, I am on Airbnb.com. And this is a great example of a combination of UI and UX. So currently on Airbnb.com as we talk here. And when you come to Airbnb.com, you're met with a beautiful looking interface where it's a very simple navigation on the top where you can either like become a host or you can earn credits through Airbnb for um, booking different um, kind of places to visit. And for anyone that's not familiar with Airbnb before I move forward, Airbnb is basically... Um, the service that would allow you to book a night or a couple nights with people that are called like local hosts. And what they do is they basically, they may have like a room that's available and they want to rent it out to someone that's wanting to visit an area. So basically it's any normal person's way of being able to become a host and earn a little bit of money on the side and trying to treat someone to a great experience if they're coming to like a new um, coming to a new city or coming to a new country. So back to the Airbnb website, they make it really easy to sign up or log in. Those are kind of the two prominent elements in the navigation. And the biggest thing that I see is a huge search, um, kind of a huge search field in the middle asking me um, which kind of search terms do I want to try and type in and where I might want to stay. So I'm going to say maybe I want to find a place in San Francisco. And then as we search for San Francisco, we're met with all these different cards for different rooms and different places with all the different um, prices for all the different places. I'm seeing a couple condominiums. And one thing that I find really cool, and this is kind of a mix of the UI and UX component, is there's a lot of verified listings. And I know this was a huge problem with Airbnb, is who knows if who you're renting from is legitimate. And I know Airbnb has done a great job in telling me what are some verified listings so I can feel comfortable that I'm booking with someone that is authorized um, as a host for that area. So when I go into some of the different listings, I'm looking at this condo and that's the title of it is Quiet Room and Apartment near Golden Gate Park. And it's kind of letting me know some of the little different things about the um, what looks like the condominium. And then I met with Elise, or Alice, Elise, <laughs> is your host. So I can tour the condominium. I can see that, okay, here's like what the bedroom looks like. Here's the bathroom, what the living room looks like. This is what the exterior looks like. So when I pull up, I know exactly what I'm looking for. 
And one thing that I really like is the amenity sections where it actually shows me an image. And I know sometimes this is a small, this is like a small little design detail, but sometimes when people are reading, one thing I think of is anyone that's like bilingual, if they like speak Spanish or speak Italian, that sometimes they may read certain words and not necessarily know what it is. So being able to have these pictures up here besides the words give a, gives a good idea to what those different things are. And I think that's really cool because sometimes you might read and say, okay, dishwasher, Wi-Fi, hairdryer, coffee maker. But let's say that someone doesn't know how to speak English. They can see the images and understand, oh, these are all the different things that this place has. And then it gives me a good idea of the neighborhood, gives me a good idea of the location of where it's at. It even tells me how many minutes away from the airport it is. Overall, it's a great experience and it's a great interface and it's easy to interact with. And it makes it really easy for me to learn about who my host is going to be and what this place looks like. And overall, this is a really cool experience, being able to look through all of this and understand what I'm getting myself into. And it's really easy to book where all the way at the bottom, and there's actually a bar at the bottom where it asks, do you want to put in a request to book this location? So what Airbnb does successfully from a UI and UX perspective is one, makes it really easy for me to learn how to use the website. Two, has, allows me to be able to learn a little bit about the location and about the host, which may um, allow someone to kind of part with their fears that they're getting into something um, possibly uncomfortable. And then third, it makes it really easy for me to book, where at this point it's only taken me about two, three clicks to get the requesting of booking. So if you want a great look at what good-looking UI and UX design would be, I would highly recommend going to Airbnb's website and going through it. And they make use of their space. They make great use of imagery and context to kind of put together this experience that makes it really easy to book and learn about the booking and being able to fulfill what I'm wanting to do. So that is it for this podcast. Thank you for listening along. I know this was kind of a little bit of a longer one. So for anyone that has made it all the way through until the end, thank you for joining me on this little UI UX experience. And if you would like to learn more about the podcast or would like to learn about like different topics that I've talked about in the past, you can go to impactdesign.com. If you click into podcast, it has a list of all the different podcasts that I've uploaded. And there are a lot of different ways that you can engage with me, whether it's through Twitter. If you tweet at me at blawrence38, you can also follow along on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. There's also Google Play Music. So there's a lot of different ways that you can engage with me and subscribe and if you have something that you would like me to talk about, always feel free to get in touch with me and I will put something together and we can talk a little bit about the topic of your choice. 
Other than that, thank you again for listening, and I look forward to talking with you guys again soon.